pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Well, hello everyone. We're halfway through the week. One month is gone in our second season, and this is the fifth episode of the season. And we'll be announcing the date for the live event soon, so spread the word. And in the meantime, sign up for our monthly newsletter, and keep up with the latest news and event schedules. Well, look, Patrick's ready and waiting, and I'm too. My name is Chris Williams, and you're listening to the Constitution Commandos. Now, I know people will think that I'm exaggerating, an excessive exaggeration. But it really isn't because this is truly how asinine the government is. Every every office of the government, I don't give a shit what office or what branch of government you're talking about. Every one of them, there is no exception. If you needed a glass of water, you can walk to the faucet, fill up a cup, and get your glass of water in one minute. Less than one minute. If the government was in charge of that same glass of water, you would die of dehydration before, before you, got, you got that cup of water. No, before and, you got approval for that cup of water. So I'm not trying to, I know it sounds like an exaggeration. Mm-hmm. And granted, that is a metaphorical statement. But it is the bureaucracy behind government. In the military, I can't even imagine how bad it is now. I mean, I've been out since... 2000 october of 2000 Mm -hmm. i used to have to fill out a form to get a form to get another form to request something you know yeah to get a requisition form and every single form has to be filled out in triplicate and i'm i am not exaggerating that is the god's honest truth if you wanted a 4187 you had to fill out this form to get another form to get the 4187. And then you gotta you just gotta go to yeah, then you got all these people in your chain of command that you have to go through before you can even get the first form. Mm-hmm. So the bureaucracy does nothing but it slows the wheels of progress. Mm-hmm. And people that think that big government is a blessing or a good thing, uh-uh. I'm Not just going to say that. You don't know what you're talking about. And I think that anyone that wants socialized medicine or big government to do something for them, they need to go into the military and do a four-year run. Mm-hmm. Hell, you could do a two-year run and you would see it. Just just go in and do mandatory two yeah. years. No, four years. We'll make you do all four. Yeah. Well, do all four. That way it's ingrained in you. Yeah, two years How would be insane. easy to yeah. 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 Two years would be too easy to forget. It would just seem like a bad memory. But if you did four years, you would fully understand the gravity of having the government over your shoulders for everything you want to do. Right. <laughs> Hell, even in the military, then, if you wanted to buy a car, if I had the money in the bank for the down payment and I w- was cleared, I had a decent credit rating and had no problem getting approved anywhere. Well, you had to pay a rating just because you're in the military. I had to get approval from Mm -hmm. my chain of command to buy the car. Which usually starts for us at like um, MWR, the Marine, um, Navy Marine Corps Welfare Society, or the 
Then you got to go to PSD, which personnel yeah, for those and, who don't know. And and people, you, you and you have to I'm do that because the that. government has to tell you whether or not you can actually afford that payment. That's right. So so if you want the government in your life, controlling your life, go in don't the advocate for them to control my life. You right. go in the military and you will get your wish. And mm -hmm. I will be willing to bet, well, most of y'all that want large government wouldn't even make four years in the military. And if you did make four years in the military, I'd be willing to bet that you would have a change of heart. Mm -hmm. Without a and doubt. the first time you had to utilize the VA medical system, oh, I already know y'all would be like, no, no social medicine. This sucks. Oh, but it, they'd probably still be like, oh, but they don't do it the right way. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Then. Well, see, I'll tell you, I'll, since you brought that up, I worked on a couple of crews, and one crew in particular, where the guy who owned the painting company was, was a retired gunner sergeant, and the guy that was already working with him was a staff sergeant when he left. He was Army staff sergeant. All right. So it was a pretty cool crew, right? We got a Marine Corps guy, an Army guy, and here comes the sailor. Neither one of them used the VA for anything, anything. Now, both of these guys qualify for VA benefits, all right? They refused to use the VA. And, of course, we still being young in the VA at the time, I kept thinking, look, man, you were, you're a veteran. You qualified. At least take advantage of it. You earned it. Right. Yeah. And... And believe me, they were adamant. VA ain't worth using. Now that I've been at the VA for a while, I can tell you <clears throat> I had something that needed to be taken care of medically at one point and went to a different hospital from the VA. And the doctor noticed my veteran ball cap and made a comment about the VA being right around the corner. I said, yes, I know. He said, well, it would be cheaper to go there, wouldn't it? And I said, listen, I go to the VA to maintain my disability. But when I need a doctor, I go somewhere else. That's not a joke. I can't tell you how many people I, I personally knew that was actually living in the nursing home at the VA, Vietnam veterans, who still had not been approved for their disability. These were, these were troops in country on the ground, okay? And... They were suffering from problems from Agent Orange. They still, by 2006, hadn't gotten their disability. They're living in the nursing home until they died without their disability. Do you want to ask their families how much they're getting out of this? Nada. Man, when my damn health card, right. when my medical card comes in, I will not be using the VA other than my Turn the blinds the other way. Okay, you said what? I said, when my medical card comes in, I will not be doing VA except for my annual checkups and follow-ups because, yeah, I'm not going to subject my – I've already been misdiagnosed in the VA two or three times. I'm not even a doctor or a medical professional, and I know they misdiagnosed me. Oh, yeah. Happens all the time. Well, you remember um, you know, one of our grandfathers actually uh, – died at the Baptist Hospital because of uh, he actually broke his femur. I don't know if you knew that. He broke his femur, still walking around on it, but obviously in some severe pain, 
Went to the VA twice. They didn't catch a broken femur. How is that? Biggest bone in your body, yeah. I mean, how do you miss that? And when they finally found it, they admitted into the VA. But then all of a sudden, you know, it was like they were they were feeding him all kinds of pain medication. But then when it actually came time to do something about the broken femur, they couldn't do anything because now he has contracted uh, pneumonia. Now he's got bed sores. They can't do anything about it. Well, my grandmother got livid. She moved them over to the Baptist. Baptist couldn't do anything until they, you know, until the pneumonia had passed and the bed sores were taken care of. Well, that didn't happen quick enough, and he ended up dying. And it was only it was within a couple of days after he died that we were at the office. Phone call came in from one of their clients, and my grandmother had to tell him that, you know, what was going on. But as she's talking to him, she's opening up a piece of mail from the VA. You want to know what it was? It was a $2,500 bill to cover his hospital stay. That's <laughs> about right. You know Nana pretty good. I don't have to tell you which language she used while talking to the administrator of the VA. Yeah. She, in not in so many words, told him to wipe his ass with that bill. And she even told the VA that there would be a lawsuit. And I can't tell you how many other people who have been to the VA have had that very same issue happen. So, yeah, go ahead and depend on that public health care. Yeah. That's a strong recommendation. Yeah, and, and they obviously have not spoken to anyone of age that has to deal with regular medical appointments or typical ailments as you get older. They've never spoken to anyone that lives in like Canada or Europe. You know, I don't want to hear a 20 year old, 25 year old, 32 year old say, oh, I got friends in Europe. And they love theirs. Yeah, because they're at the age where they don't have to go to the doctor. Yeah, no, that, that public health care is great for people that don't have to use it. But, you know, public health care puts you in a very long line of people who have to use it. Take a number, take a seat. You think you wait a long time in the emergency room now? <laughs> it's ridiculous. I know it, man. It is ridiculous. Anytime you go to the hospital and you have to go to an emergency room, typically it's because there's an emergency. So you don't want to sit in the emergency room for 12 and a half, 13 hours because there's only one doctor on staff. That's already happening. So what would you do with public health care? Yeah, I, I was in the VA one day for my little annual, and they had this old black guy. I mean, he had to have been, I guess at that time, I mean, he was old enough, dude. He, he might have been World War II, Korea era, you know? Yeah. And uh, they brought him into the Blue Clinic. That's, that's my clinic. And, you know, I'm in there, and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. I, I noticed when the this orderly or nurse, I don't know what their job was, rolled him in there in a wheelchair and left him. Well, I was in there for probably, I don't know, they were pretty busy that day. I probably was in there for an hour before I got called back, and they sent me to do all kinds of lab work, uh, you know, IE. Uh, I had to go to X radiology, hematology. I mean, I, I had to go do all kinds of shit. 
And, you know, I get back, it's like an hour and a half or so later, and that old man's still sitting there in a wheelchair in the same place that they dropped him off. And I can hear him. He's like, what, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. They didn't tell him anything. They just wheeled him over and dropped him off at the nursing station. And they're like, he's like, why am I over here? And the nurses in the Blues Clinic didn't know what he was doing there. And he's like, well, I was at my doctor and they wheeled me over here and just dropped me off. Didn't tell him anything. I have no idea how long that man sat in there. Yeah, they didn't tell him shit. And they just rolled him to another clinic that he wasn't even enrolled in and just dropped him off. Just left him there. And he was an old man. And I mean, I felt bad for this guy because, I mean, it's like, number one, you're at the hospital for a specific reason. You know, if it's not for your annual vitals and checkup and shit. And I mean, I imagine this man because of the, the, his age. I mean, dude, he might have been Korea and Vietnam. He might have been World War II and Korea. I don't know. But the man obviously saw conflict in multiple theaters <laughs> just right. from his age. But I, I mean, I guess it's possible he did one tour and got out. But, <clears throat> I mean, and then they just dumped him off in a, another clinic that had nothing to do with him. And I'm, I see that kind of crap right there. I just, that, that, I don't understand that. And, but that's typical VA. That's yeah. just the way they are. Well, I think I told you about one of the one of the nights I had gone to the VA, it's been years ago though. I got there, walk in the emergency room, and there's only like three people, including myself, in the emergency room. One of those people was sitting in a regular chair, not even a, a wheelchair, with a compound fracture. You think we ought to explain what a compound fracture is? <laughs> you got a bone, bone sticking out, skin. Right, and now, when I get there, the guy's already complaining about how long he's been sitting there and hadn't even been hadn't been triaged yet. And at that point, I think he'd been there about eight hours with a compound fracture. Oh, that's plenty of time for infection to sit in. Granted, not to I mention said, probably worse shape for the leg, and they probably gonna have to do something unthinkable to his leg. Probably take it off. And, More than likely. And I know by the time I got into triage, about. Two and a half hours later, he still hadn't been seen. And suffice to say, the man got a little bit upset. <laughs> yeah, I would have gotten upset too. I would have gotten upset a lot sooner. But would you believe that they didn't triage him? They didn't treat him? They had him arrested, causing a scene in the ER. Oh, yeah. I would have been going off on some people. Well, hey, maybe maybe the jail took him to an actual hospital because they are obligated by law to treat him. <laughs> maybe he probably got better health care by getting arrested. I mean, he got I arrested by VA police. What do they do? Turn him over to JPD and they say, what are y'all doing? You know? Yeah, it's just horrible, man. It is horrible. And, the, and you see all these commercials about treat your vets kindly, blah, 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 blah. Well, I mean, you know what? I don't look for any kind of reward or pat on the back for anything I did in the military. That's not why I served. And most of the vets that I know are the same way. And yeah. most of them are like me. They'll tell you there are a lot better men than me 
who didn't make it home, and those guys are the heroes. But, you know, still and yet, you don't treat anybody like that. But that that's what happens, at least in the Jackson VA now. And I've been to the VA in Arkansas. I've been to the VA in Florida. And quite frankly, the treatment there was a whole lot better, and there was a lot more accessibility. But I think that's why I tell people that the Jackson VA gives 30% of American veterans a second chance to die for their country. Yeah, that's, that's right. Because there's no telling how many, I mean, I, I knew personally two Vietnam vets who died in the nursing home at the VA who still had not received disability. And you're talking 2006, and when did guys come home from Vietnam? Well, they started coming home, what, about 73, 74, something like that? You're talking almost, yeah, well, almost 40 years. Back. Yeah. Almost 40 years of still fighting for your disability? That's insane. Well, hell, I was fighting for mine for what, 10? Maybe yeah, that's what, that's what mine was. Well, you got yours right after I got mine, but we started at the same time. Well, I was trying to start on mine in Texas mm. uh, before I ever got back to Mississippi. Well, uh, no. you going to do that, Infinity? Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I guess you're just going to do that. Well, I know when, when you came back here and we both registered to VA here, I know, I know both our applications started at the same time. Well, probably not at the same time because I don't know if you remember, I had to be escorted back to my van to get my, my service back. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, it took, let's see, I know I got mine in 2011. I think you got yours right after I did, didn't you? Uh, man, I'm trying to remember when I got mine. I mean, it was because I gave up on it for about two years. I mean, yeah, I remember it wasn't that. For Chan, yeah, it wasn't for Chan getting it for me. I, I mean, I still wouldn't have it, but I well, was getting here. so mad. Yeah, I was getting so mad of even trying that I was getting ready to be a, a violent individual if I had to go up in there again. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, that's what, uh, a biker acquaintance of mine did, right? I'm not mentioning his name for a reason, but, you know, he fought for his from Vietnam for 25 years, I guess. And he probably went up to the VA and found out who the doctor was that was supposed to be signing off on his disability. And when he walked into his office, he was talking to the doctor about why haven't you signed off on it? And the doctor kept giving him a runaround, so he reaches in his vest and pulled out a grenade and pulled the pin <laughs> And threw it across the desk. <laughs> but it was a dummy grenade, of course. But after the doctor ran out of the office, well, jumped out yeah. of his office, this guy picks up his grenade, puts it back in his vest, and told that doctor on his way out as he was stepping over him, he said, next time I come back with piano wire. And he finally yeah. got his disability. And he got his disability, and so, you know, a few short years later, he's got both his legs being amputated because of the Agent Orange, and he died about a year after that. And, you know, really, there's no sense in anybody having to fight that long and that hard for something that's well-deserved. Yeah. And I, I went to church with a Vietnam pilot, and, you know, he got denied for his so many times it was ridiculous he finally gave up on his because they kept telling him he was denied because he was a pilot 
Agent Orange is an airborne agent. Yeah. I mean, as a helicopter pilot, a Huey pilot is going to land, take off, land, take off. They're kicking that Agent Orange up all the time. Why wouldn't he be affected well, by well, it? Well, not just that. I mean, those pilots, man, they they went through some crazy stuff back then. They had to use the damn rotors to clear landing zones. They were getting, well, those helicopters what? were getting shot to hell and became, I mean, they weren't even unserviceable until they could, couldn't leave the ground anymore. I mean, until they physically could not leave the ground. I mean, yep. those guys, they, they got land pilots, in the middle of trees, made their own landing zones. Yeah. I mean, those guys, there's a book called Chicken Hawk, a fantastic book about the first air calf. And it was a wonderful book. Easy read, man. Great book. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, the helicopter pilots in Vietnam, believe me, they earned every bit of their shit. Oh, yeah. And then some. Every bit of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah those guys right there. <laughs> And I'm not taking anything away from any other combat, you know, pilot, but uh, or any other combat veteran. Period. I mean, yeah, I mean, but those back, guys back in Vietnam had a totally different. That that was a different type of war that this country hadn't seen in many many years. Well, I think what we're going to see pretty soon is, well, first of all, I've always said that Vietnam was was a, a testing ground for. New weapons, new drugs, new everything. Oh, well, that's that's what it was. I mean, it's, and it's noted, it's it's documented. Yeah, and essentially, everything that they, all the information that was garnered from Vietnam, is going to be put into full effect real soon. All of it. Oh, it's already been in effect. Vaccines and things like that. I, I mean, ops. they were studying. Yeah, I mean, they were they were given units you know they were given squads lsd or mm -hmm. platoons lsd and stuff they were testing lsd on combat soldiers and man they were killing each other as a matter I of mean, fact if anybody wants a reference to that and yes it's a hollywood production but it's pretty close to accurate jacob's ladder deals with that specifically oh yeah there was some messed up stuff that went on in vietnam and it it was all a proving ground mm -hmm. weaponry i mean that you got to remember, Vietnam War was the first engagement that we had where helicopters were how you got into combat. Right. That was the first war where, I mean, helicopters were used before then, but they were not, not utilized as combat. troop transport. That's right. right. And they started using them for troop transport, hence the birth of the first air cab. Right. Which, that's another story in itself, but. They started out as what seventh air cab. The, it was, was the seventh cab, yes. Yeah, and turned right into before the they cab. were supposed to be deployed, they changed it to first first cavalry. Which, well, they wanted to shake the bad juju from Custer. Right, which they got with Colonel Moore because he ultimately did that. But, but people, yeah, that was I think during World War. I mean, uh. Vietnam, a lot of our soldiers were still carrying the M14s and the M1 Garands. Right. That was the induction of the M16A1, which the M16A1 was, it was on safe. I think it had semi, but I believe it was straight to rock and roll. I think it was fully automatic no matter what and had the triangular front handguard. Well, that was a new weapon. A lot of soldiers were very 
pissed off about receiving it because the damn M14 was just a better weapon, more Very reliable, reliable and they didn't want to get rid of it. And the M16A1 I mean, was bad about jamming. Yeah, I mean, and the ARs and the M4, jamming, that's why every soldier not sending rounds down range or cleaning their weapon. I mean, you can look at the AK-47. Yeah, they got to clean their weapons, too. You look at what was going on in Vietnam, the military industrial man, they had so many weapons and new toys, you know, and they wanted to sell the American public on we're fighting communism. Had no reason to be communism. there, man. Yeah, once the French got their asses handed to them, we decided to pick up the ball. Yeah. And we should have learned something from the French being over there. But apparently we didn't. Well all war is to test out shit. Maybe so. But ultimately, it's to line somebody's pockets. War is big well, business. Yeah. I wonder if Megadeth had their song, Killing Is My Business and Business Is Good. Business Is Good. Well, that was it, folks. Episode number five in the history books. And look, as always, we sure do appreciate you hanging out with us. And don't forget to leave your comments in the comment section below. And don't forget also, you can check us out on Facebook, your social, and any other social media platform. But until next time, and on behalf of Patrick and myself, we're the Constitution Commandos.